the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 99.5 KKLA, Southern California Live, right here at 2.59, almost three minutes, three, three o'clock on the nose. It's David James. Hello, KKLA family. Good afternoon to you. One uh, 24-hour-ago period, we were uh, just uh, being drenched in damp, soaking rain, which we needed. We... I was in friend with a uh, in in in, uh, in contact with a friend up in in Sacramento who was sharing with me there five and a half inches of rain up there, and it filled one of the reservoirs thirty three feet. One storm, a reservoir went up thirty three feet. So we yeah, we could use a few more of those storms. So what a difference twenty four hours makes right now. Absolutely sun kissed th- th- uh, Tuesday, October twenty sixth. Phone number here is triple eight fifty two talks eight eight eight. 528-2557. I want to get your thoughts on a couple of things. It was awesome to hear Pastor Rob McCoy yesterday here at this very microphone talking about um, critical race theory, talking about, you know, all kinds of things happening in uh, that we as parents just need to be aware of. You know, sometimes, and then there's even media that says, ah, what is said is being happening isn't really happening. So it's always good. Claire and I, my bride Claire, 32 years of marriage, we always, when we talk about stuff, we say, okay, let's look at it through the lens of all the information we have and just make an intelligent, reasoned uh, decision about what's happening. Look at all the evidence and see what's going on. And one of those situations when it comes to a situation that happened last week that as I was preparing for today's program, knowing that I would be filling in today, was something that really hit me hard last week, actually. It was news that happened. Now, look, this, uh, this actor is not one of my favorite actors in the world, albeit I do have profound appreciation for him. We live in uh, the center of filmmaking, and so when something happens that hits that close to home, it kind of, okay, just from the standpoint of, of culture, it kind of, well, that... We make movies here, and when something that happened happened last week in New Mexico, and specifically to Alec Baldwin last week, and then, of course, to uh, Helena Hutchins and the director, Joel Sousa. So, uh, Joel was injured. I don't know if you, you've heard about this, I'm sure, that Alec Baldwin, the actor, accidentally shot and killed a crew member and left another injured on the set of a new movie that he's filming called Rust there in New Mexico. And it was on Thursday, the cinematographer Helena Hutchins lost her life. Director Joel Sousa injured after Alec, the film star and producer, accidentally misfired a prop gun there at the Bonanza Creek Ranch set, I think it's what it's called, there in New Mexico. And the film's called Rust. So look, Alec Baldwin, I mean, I I appreciated his work in Malice with he and, and Nicole Kidman. He played a pompous, arrogant doctor. And it was a perfect role for him. 
There's a couple of SNL bits he did back in the day, Saturday Night Live bits that I, I, you know, I appreciate from the standpoint of humor and, and creativity. But when it comes to anything like politics or when it comes to the way, you know, over the years that he has uh, maligned Christians and those of faith, I know his own brother, Stephen, uh, and I think his other brother, too, also Christians. I know for sure Stephen is. Stephen works hand-in-hand uh, hand with, with, uh, with Kirk Cameron, and they've done a lot of projects together. So, and I've had a chance to kind of just briefly talk to Stephen over the years when Kirk came in here to the studios. We were doing things, and he brought Stephen. We had a chance to talk and just a few little things. It seemed like he was a, a great gentleman. And one of the questions I asked him was about Alec. And we had a couple little conversations on how to pray for his brother. Oh, yeah, you know, he's, he's tough-headed, all this. So when this hit, when this broke last week, it really, <laughs> surprisingly, it rocked me uh, to the sense of, oh, my goodness, I don't agree with this guy at all, with any of his politics, with any of anything he said about the faith. So the first thought I was going to have, but I surprised myself, was that I was going to go like, yeah, man, finally, you know, everything. But then I got to thinking, no, my first response was, wait a minute. This man does not know Jesus in any close relationship at all. And he espouses, and when he talks about politics or he talks about Christians, it's always in vitriol and anger and rage and my first response was, you know, I need to, I need to pray, and I need to invite uh, our sister station, the Fish family, and the KKLA family. I, I, I posted. I immediately posted. Let's be, let's be praying for Alec. Let's be praying for Helena Hutchins' um, husband and a young son that she just doing her job. Just doing her job, lost, lost her life. Now, there is a sequence. You know, I don't want to get involved. I've asked a few people that are uh, in the movie business that does, they do a couple of things as gaffers and things here at the station, and they do things on the side and whatnot. I asked them a couple of questions. I've done a little research on, on the protocol and the sequence and all the, the standards of, of how many in the system of how that prop gun is handled and all of that. So clearly there is a breakdown in all of that. So obviously that's being investigated and all of that. But what I wanted to concentrate here and get your thoughts on this at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557, is that I, I immediately was, okay, Stephen has asked prayer for uh, his brother. He tweeted and sent a note out, and I, I even before I saw that note, I'm like, okay, God, I'm, I'm praying for Alec right now. I'm praying for uh, Mr. Hutchins. I'm praying for uh, Mrs. Sousa and the others, the Sousa family, the Hutchins family, praying for all the doctors, nurses, techs, and everything. I'm praying for Alec. I mean, he, obviously, with the pictures that's been shown throughout the world, he's in, like any of us would be as, as, as humans, absolutely in, in shock and, and disarray and sadness and... All of that coming through. I mean, just absolutely just couldn't live with himself, really. You know, like all of us would be. But I got to thinking, let's, let's pray for him. Stephen asking, look, pray for my brother. Uh, he tweeted out last week. He said, look, I, all I can do is just absolutely 
have all of you and request that you that you pray. Asking for prayers tonight, friends, not much can be said other than please pray for all involved in the tragic in the wake of this tragic accident. And thank you. And then he captioned the post, Psalm 91, hashtag Psalm 23 and Psalm, Psalm 91. And so even without that, I'm immediately, okay, God, be with all the families. Obviously, be with um, the husband of Helena and uh, the father of, of their son. And God, would you work through this? And I shocked myself that I was actually at that place. The funny thing is, and it's really not so funny, this is why I bring it up, I actually posted that and invited people to share. And then I started reading some of the comments. Oh, my goodness. The comments of some that I don't know if they're believers. Others I'm looking and I, I, I know because I've walked with them in my life and I know they have a relationship with Christ. Some of the horrible things that were being spoken. And even in those that are in politics. Look, I, 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 appreciate, I appreciate Candace Owens. I appreciate many of the things that she has spoken and some of the stands she's taken and all this stuff. But I, uh, Ireland Baldwin is the daughter of Alec and... Um, her mother is Kim Bassinger when uh, Alec and, and Kim were married. But Candace, I mean, she really slammed her father in the aftermath of this mishap on Rust. And she wrote, you are the most, uh, uh, Ireland Baldwin wrote, you are the most disgusting, hateful, cancerous human being I've ever come across. The 26-year-old model and daughter of Alec and Kim wrote Instagram Monday. Now, again, I... I Candace, she she tweeted a couple things about, you know, hinted of poetic justice and all these things about the negative words that Alec has said about in his politics and stuff like this. And she tweeted some things. And I'm just looking at this. I'm going, really? Really? I don't. When, when God, you know, when Jesus said, be a people apart, set apart. It's in these moments that I just say, you know what, this is not a time. There's a, there's a mom and a, and a daughter and a wife that was just killed. There's a, a son and a husband and a father who was just injured on the set. You've got Alec, who's a father and a husband. And regardless of everything that he's espoused and done that I disagree with, as Stephen was aptly stating, please, would you pray for my brother? And you know that they have been working on, on Alec's heart for many, many years. And so I'm tearing up here because I'm reading some of these comments that we as Christ followers will, will actually put in public and write and publish these things. And I know all disagreement. I know, you know, we agree, you know, but this is not theology we're talking about here in the sense of as a Christian seeing someone who has been pretty, Epic in his role in Hollywood. You, you can't take that away. And he's got this horrible tragedy that took place. Helena Hutchins lost her life, the uh, cinematographer. And the, the director lost—he was in the hospital, and he was, has since been released. But isn't this a time for us to be able to go, God, would you be in this situation? This is not a time for me to be throwing anybody under the bus. But to say, God, this is a moment— 
as I read scripture and I see everything that happens, and I'm not, I'm no Pastor Rob McCoy, I'm no Pastor Steve Wilburn or anything like that, but when I read scripture and I see what David went through and Paul and Silas went through, I read what Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo went through and Daniel and uh, Naomi, you know, Ruth, all of these heroes of scripture, I look at their response, David, Oh, his response wasn't always the most, uh, shall we say, on the gentle side. Was it on his deathbed? He ordered a couple people killed. So I go, God, what can I learn in this? And how can you be glorified? Phone numbers, 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. It's Dave here on Southern California Live talking about this tragedy. Maybe from a Christian perspective, how... I was surprised by myself going, oh, man, I'm about ready to rip. But I'm like, well, no, 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 no. My first response is to, is to pray for those involved and pray for Alec. Hey, Brian in Simi Valley, your thoughts on this. Thank you for uh, checking in and, and wanting to get a couple of, uh, couple of thoughts in. I appreciate you. What, what, are your, what are you thinking? Well, listen, you know, I'm, everybody— is, is there's not one perfect human being on the planet. We know that. But Christ is the only, God is the only thing perfect in the world. Um, everybody has gone through one thing or another. My situation is like Peter and Paul wrapped up into one. I, I've got no, no leg to stand on and all the crap I did in my life. But maybe, just maybe, the first thing that hit my mind was some. Individuals are very egotistical, which Mr. Baldwin is, but, you know, maybe something of this magnitude is what it's going to take to drop him on his knees and and to ask, because that's what happened to me. I had to have something really crazy, you know, happen to me to where I, I asked the question, you know, and I asked Christ into my heart, man, I never, I'll never forget it. I was crying like a little girl. I was just... Christ came into the, you know, it's that moment that everybody talks about. Right. And maybe, just maybe, this is something that Alec needs. Now, granted, it's a mistake. It, it wasn't, you know, he didn't mean to do this, but, um, yeah, God pray for the, for, the, for the victims and everything, but I think uh, I'm praying that Mr. Baldwin gets together with his brother and just ask the question. Just ask. That's all he's got to do. And Christ will come in and knock him on his butt. That's what I believe. Hey, Brian, thank you for that. And I love your passion, brother. I love uh, the fact, yeah, the, the, you know, in my life, in a Christian perspective of saying the defecation hits the oscillation, you know what I mean? Um, when, when something like this happens, and, and the stuff that brought us to our knees, Brian, you were talking about that, saying, God, you use that in my life to bring me closer to you. Isn't that what Genesis 50 all about? Isn't that the verse where it says, that's for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive? Now, listen, I, this is, we have a mom that lost her life. We have a, a wife that lost her life, a daughter, you know, Helena Hutchins. And so hugely praying for her husband, and I think it's a nine-year-old son that she has, and praying for uh, for Joel Sousa and his recovery and everything he's going to have to go through in his his family in dealing with all this. This is the bread and butter, right? This is what they do for a living to try to go back to a set and try to do all that stuff. It's just 
you start looking at from an Eagles lens, and then you, you talk about with what Alec Baldwin has gone through and is going through and where he's been in life. I, I agree with you, Brian. It's like, God, I, I, am, I am here as a witness to what decisions and what I've what not even decisions I haven't made, what life throws my way. My response, God, at the end of the day, is what you are most wanting to see as you transform my heart and transform my soul to live more for you. And so, yeah, being able to pray all this through. Hey, Jennifer, you're in Los Angeles, too. I thank you for checking in here and listening to Southern California Live here on 99.5 KKLA. It's Dave. What are your thoughts on this, Jennifer? Hey. Guilty um, because um, I'm not a fan of, of of him at all. At all, I don't like him. I don't like the things that he said. I never even liked him on SNL. So initially, I felt zero empathy for him. I felt bad for uh, the woman who passed away and her family and the other uh, gentleman who was injured. And then I had to sit back and take a look at myself and say, you know what? That's that's not Christian like to. Say, well, it sucks to be you, Alec. Oh, well, that's wrong. And so I had to look within myself and say, like, what kind of a person am I that simply just doesn't like him because he has a different political belief than I do? I should pray for him, which is what I did, and and I will continue to do. And I can look at myself for being so judgy. There's no reason for me to be judgy. I don't know him. I don't know his heart. And like the other caller said, I don't even know what he's been through. I have zero right to judge this man. And it was all based on a political view. And there's more to life than everybody's fighting about politics. Yeah, isn't that true, Jennifer? Jennifer, seriously, hold that for a second, because... There has been, it seems, you know, and I'm I'm a child of the '80s, right? I mean, I, I've we've lived through I've lived through quite a bit. Uh, the '80s was, you know, one of those decades that was all about, you know, me, me, me type thing. But you can take that and what we're in now. It's just on on steroids. The polarization, the it's you versus me because you're this and I'm that, and you know all that all that stuff. But when it comes to being a Jesus follower, regardless of someone's, you know, politics or anything like that. But here's the thing. I, I don't know if I would have had the same, I don't know if I would have had the same response if this were a political figure I totally disagree with. I was really amazed by, and I should, and I'm, I'm laying it all down in complete honesty. With Alec Baldwin, though, I really, because I've been, a, I know he's a tortured soul. I've, I've read and seen uh, interviews, we've we've seen the vitriol, heard it, read it. So my first response was to join you in that as a human being and just say, God, you know, he's on a job, he's doing this. So obviously, the system broke down. There is a mom and a, and, a, and a wife and daughter that lost her life in Helena Hutchins. There was uh, a Joel, who is the director, um, a husband, a father, a son, you know, who was injured. And then, of course, you're having Alec Baldwin, who's renowned for everything that he's pretty much, uh, mostly pretty much more than, probably more of what he's espoused and what he is for the, for the nature of his work in the sense of, you know, I don't know how many Alec Baldwin films you can actually mention or, or and so forth. But I agree with you. I mean, just reminding ourselves 
to have empathy and compassion. And again, that goes back to the fruit of the Spirit. Hope, peace, joy, love, kindness, gentleness, compassion, goodness. Oh, boy, here's a big one. You, you mentioned this one in life, and, uh, you know, it, 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 all, it all goes sideways, and that's self-control. And so um, being able to have self-control, Jennifer, what you were saying, and, and saying, look, wind it back, and let's have, let's have some empathy. The phone number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. So what I thought I would do is, uh, you know, open those lines to you once again. Again, there's been I, – I, the reason this brought up is David James here on Southern California Live uh, filling in today, and we're talking about the, the epic tragedy that took place. I mean, we – you know, filmmaking, that's what happens here in Southern California – um, it's the, it's the, the core, you know, it's the bullseye of all of that done. And of course, when something like this happens, it's going to ricochet all around the world, but particularly here, because we've got so many of us and all of us probably know at least somebody who has either been worked on a set or has been, you know, somehow involved with some sort of production. And when cinematographer Helena Hutchins lost her life and the director, Joel Sousa, was placed in the hospital, and Alec Baldwin <clears throat> reportedly firing that discharge live round that struck the 42-year-old Hutchins and injured the movie's director. And, of course, Alec um, and his, his brother, in particular, Stephen, who is on fire for Jesus, just 100% working closely with Kirk Cameron and all the work that Kirk does, um, requesting prayer. And... I, I just want to do that. I, I just want to take for a moment and just just pray. And I want to get your thoughts when we come back. I want to pivot to another item I've got too. But your thoughts: Triple Eight Fifty Two Talks Eight 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 Five Two Eight Twenty Five Fifty Seven. Father in heaven, look. We, uh, you know, we understand that life is not life. Life, there's no guarantee. You know, there's no guarantee. The guarantee that we do have in your word is that forever we will have life because you gave your life, Jesus, for us and conquered the grave. And so that's the hope of heaven. And everybody we hear on KKLA talks about that from Pastor Greg Laurie, Steve Wilburn, Dr. Robert Jeffers, everybody. That's the hope of heaven. And Jesus, thank you for the moment we came to know you. And at some point in our life, you used someone in our life or you used a circumstance in our life and God, all of us right now listening, thousands listening to KKLA. God, remind us of that situation, that, that point, that person. And then this moment, God, I pray that you would allow us to take our experience, like Brian was talking about just a moment ago in Simi Valley. God, the, the junk that you brought us from and through and the decisions that we make that aren't the most wise. God, you walk with us. And if you're for us, who can be against us? And Father, we pray for Helena Hutchins' husband. We pray for uh, her son. God, just cloak them, surround them with people in their life that know you, that will breathe life into them. God, maybe you will stir a portion of their soul where they cry out to you, and there's people that come into their life that show you to them. God, I pray for Alec. God, his, Stephen, and I know there has been just so much vitriol and anger and rage and everything there, God. I just pray that you would work in him. God, uh, just 
give him uh, peace. And, and you're the peace that passes understanding. And God, I pray again that you would just work in his life, surround him. Stephen's there. I know others around. God, that he would come to know you. And that wouldn't that be something that, you know, in this tragedy and all of that, that that there be a, a story of, of redemption and, and reconciliation and healing. I pray for uh, Mr. Sousa as well, the director, in his healing. God, I, I just, again, go with us through this afternoon. And may we always remember that our first response should be, Jesus, you are in my life the air and the breath. And without you, I would be nothing. I would not... I would not be alive in the sense of I know I have life in you and have freedom in that. So may our first response always be, God, let's pray your hope, peace, joy, and love in others' lives. And may we demonstrate that to all that we come in contact, even in our frailty and our humanness. In Jesus' name, amen. This is live from Southern California, 888-528-2557, 888-52-TALKS. It's David James filling in on this Tuesday, October 26, 324, Southern California Live. We'll be back. Southern California Live, it's David James. Thank you for joining us this Tuesday, October 26, here at 329. Um... My next guest here, as I fill in today, I, I fell in love with this gentleman uh, when I read his book, author of Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. Here, here's, a little, uh, here's a little picture of the gentleman we're about ready to hear next and invite to the Southern California Live table. Uh, I essentially said this is a university. It's not a daycare. If you expect to be coddled um, rather than confronted, if you expect me to make you feel comfortable in your uh, childishness and your immaturity rather than have me challenge you, then go someplace else. This is a university. It's not a daycare. And, <laughs> and people cared. Uh, actually, that kind of went viral. And, and yeah. the book that I wrote that was a summary of that whole story, and it was titled Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. This is not a generational joust, per se. I'm talking to 21-year-olds and 51-year-olds mm. and everybody in between. I'm essentially saying this. Look, I told you so. In 2017, I warned you. I said what's being taught in the classroom will be practiced in our culture. And this self-absorption and narcissism that we're teaching in Berkeley and Brown, these kids are going to graduate and they're going to get jobs as fact checkers at Google and Amazon mm. and Major League Baseball. And they're going to take their cancel culture out of the college and they're going to take it into the corporations. They're going to take it into your community. They're going to take it into your church. And every time you say something that they don't like, you compromise their safe space, they're going to try to cancel you and silence you. The importance of acting like an adult in a world that looks more like a daycare on a daily basis. Ah, oh, man, he was president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University, 17 years, author of Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. Please give it up for Dr. Everett Piper joining us. Hey, doctor. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm honored to join you today. Well, delighted to have you here. Uh, what really uh, spurred me on to get in touch with you was, uh, first off, you know, the book, Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequence of Abandoning Truth, you wrote uh, a few years ago, just absolutely sensational, because I was on the cusp of having to send my 
children off to school, my adult children for the most part off to college. So that book was very influential. But I read a piece in the Washington Times that you wrote uh, just a couple of days ago, ago talking about um, how in our, in, our, in our country, this common this loss of a common way of seeing things, a cultural map, if you will, is more evident than ever in the political discourse. And this new controversy, our lost perspective regarding who we are as a free nation, free people, it's becoming more and more obvious. Uh, it's amazing what, what not having a map will do. So welcome to KKLA, and thank you for just being here and involved in this uh, conversation here about having courage, Doctor. I appreciate it. And um, again, I feel like I I don't need to say much because you played that interview. I don't remember where that was. That was, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was actually an interview you did with Governor Huckabee. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yep. (laughs) Um, uh, By the way, he's a delightful man. Um, And I was very grateful for the attention he gave to that story. He actually uh, helped a great deal by promoting Grow Up, my sequel to Not a Daycare, on that show. So I'm grateful. But your point about cancel culture and having courage and speaking the truth in the midst of a culture that seems to be fixated on lies. I mean, it's, it's just nuts where we are today. I mean, you can't turn on uh, the TV. You can't listen to the news on your, on your uh, laptop. You can't look at your news source on your phone. I mean, you, you, you pick it, the newspaper, the radio, the TV, whatever device you use to get your news Every single story seems to be as if we're totally lost as a people and as a culture. We don't understand what's up and what's down, what's left and what's right, what's good and what's evil, what's bitter and what's sweet. I'm quoting the prophet Isaiah right now. He said, woe unto any people who can't, de- can't decipher and, and determine between right and wrong, and that's exactly where we are. You know, with that being spoken, not only right from wrong, but the segregation of, of being separated. I mean, you, you mentioned it in this article, the balkanization, the covidation, uh, e pluribus unum. Where has that gone? And it's totally flipped on its head. Uh, d- that e pluribus unum dividing the one into the many. You, you talk about in this article about how the remarkable aspect of our Constitution, it's like, doctor, if, if we don't know, if, if everyone listening has not studied the Constitution, it would behoove all of us to study it, because one of the most remarkable aspects of the Constitution uh, in this balkanization we're seeing happening in our country is how unified and complete the thinking of our founding fathers were. Elaborate a little bit on that. You wrote that about this opinion piece there in the Washington Times. Of course, this is part of your speech making, I'm sure, all across the country and pretty much the thread of your books. Right. And the point I'm making in the column that you're referring to, and it is in the Washington Times, it was just this past Sunday. I'm saying that we seem to feel, if you turn on the news, like I just said, uh, how can you help but get the feeling that we're on a ship that has no direction with a captain that's clueless and his crew that's likewise totally confused or, even worse, evil and debauched? We don't know where we're going. We don't have a cultural map any longer. We don't agree that the Bible guides us. We dispute that. We want to pretend that we're, we're not grounded in a biblical worldview, when indeed we are. That's just a simple fact. Even those that the secular world likes to claim were deists, 
knew their Bibles like the back of their hand, and I make that point in my article. They also read Montesquieu, and they read Hume and Locke and Voltaire. They read the classics, Plato and Socrates and Aristotle. They understood what Moses said, and they were very well acquainted with the words of Christ. In other words, they had a binding glue to hold them together, a worldview, a cult for the culture, if you will. And when I say cult, I don't mean a false religion. I mean a common cult, a common view, the binding glue that holds culture together. The root word of culture is cult. And again, it's not a false religion. It's the common ideas, the accepted ideas that define your community. What defines us today? Mm. What defines the American people today is diversity rather than unity. I never once gave a diploma away when I was a university president and said, congratulations for your opinion. I never did that. I never said you majored in opinions. You have a degree in opinions. That would have been absurd. I hope they learned something. I gave them degrees because they they acquired some measure of truth above and beyond what they had when they started. And I wasn't the president of a diversity. I was the president of a university because the university has stood historically for the unity of veritas, of truth. We don't divide, we unify. And that's why I said in this article, it's as if we've discarded our national motto, e pluribus unum, Mm. and reversed it. And we now say, unum e pluribus. Out of the one, we now have the many. We have a divisive culture with no unity, and that is not a recipe for sanity or even for security and safety in the end, because sooner or later, a despot will step in to solve this problem. Dr. Everett Piper is our guest here on 99.5 KKLA, Southern California Live. Hey, doctor, can you stay with me another segment and talk about how we as, as Christ followers can, can have courage and your thoughts on how to stand up to all of this and, and your thoughts on, on challenging us to, to not be silent? And with our life, Absolutely. live some courage. Absolutely. Okay, honor to stay with. You. Awesome. So, Doctor Everett Piper joins us. He was the Oklahoma University Wesleyan University president, seventeen years, author of "Not a Daycare: The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth." He's also most recently written "Grow Up: Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good," and we're referring to his column that he wrote in the Washington Times this weekend. C- Captain Biden needs to look at a cultural map. We'll be back with more with Dr. Everett Piper here on Southern California Live here on 99.5 KKLA. Southern California Live, skillet, and you call me to be brave, God. You call me... To not be on the sidelines, but to really dive right in and, and live a life that exemplifies you both in word and deed. It's David James filling in here in Southern California Live, 99.5 KKLA. Very special privilege to have Dr. Everett Piper joining us. He is the author of Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. He also has just written Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good and former Oklahoma Wesleyan University president. He wrote a piece in the Washington Times that I saw over the weekend. I want to quote just a couple little things from that, doctor, and get your thoughts on how we can be courageous in this world. You wrote, you ever get the feeling our country is being led by a captain with no sense of direction, that the officers on the boat can't tell up from down or right from left? 
And does every news story cause you to become increasingly uneasy? You go on to say, we're clearly a nation without a sense of direction, a people with no moral compass, a country of the blind leading the blind, a culture that has lost and in desperate need of a map. And a map gives us perspective, you go on to say. And you talk about how our founding fathers, how they had that map. They knew their Bibles like the backs of their hands, knew what Moses said, what Jesus said. They knew uh, where they had been and where they were going, and they saw the promise of a republic. Uh, Maybe, just maybe, if we elect leaders who do the same, uh, there's still time to save ourselves from careening over the cliffs of our own confusion, unquote. Dr. Piper, what can we do as Christians to say, all right, I do have a sense of what is going on. What do we do with that? Well, I just spoke at a men's conference or Bible conference up in a small little uh, town in Kansas this past weekend, and I challenged everybody with these words, grow a spine, grow a spine. Joshua told us be bold and be be steadfast, be courageous, um, be immovable. That those are the words of the Apostle Paul. So we're told, we're told to be bold and courageous. We're told to be steadfast. We're told to be immovable. And these are, and we're also told by the Apostle Paul to grow up and act like men. That's out of First Corinthians. Now, I would argue that our culture is begging for leaders right now, people that don't cower in the face of the storm, people that actually step into the to, into the storm and lead rather than run the opposite direction, people that are willing to lose for the sake of a victory. For example, I've said many times as a college president, if you're not willing to lose for something, the highest of your ideals, if you're not willing to lose for the sake of fighting for those ideals, then you'll never win anything. So, and I cover this stuff in my book, Grow Up. Life isn't safe, but it's good. I think one of the biggest messages, one of the one of the keys that I have to share with anybody that cares to listen to me for five minutes, and that is this: stop talking about safety. I mean, I, I'm sick and tired. COVID exposed us as a very weak people. I mean, if anybody tells me to be safe one more time, I'm going to strangle them. I don't want to be safe. C.S. Lewis tells us in the Chronicles of Narnia, in the book The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, that the great lion Aslan is not safe, but he's good. I'll say that one more time. The great lion Aslan, the Christ figure of the Chronicles of Narnia, is not safe, but he's good. Life isn't safe. It should be good. The Church isn't safe. It should be good. Jesus Christ is not safe, but he's good. I mean, the Constitution of the United States is not safe, but it's good. Freedom isn't safe, but it's good. The good things in life are not safe things, and it's the bold, courageous leader that steps into the storm and says, follow me. I know it's not going to be fun. I know it's not going to be safe. You might get sick. You might get hurt. But that's what life's about, tackling the challenge and being responsible for leading rather than cowering like a bunch of sheep. And the church needs to lead the way in this. The church needs to be bold and courageous and be steadfast and immovable in the face of all of this nonsense. 
You mentioned the Constitution. I mean, sending our kids off to school, stop teaching teaching them all this sexual nihilism and all this lunacy. Just teach them the Constitution. Hmm. Teach them that two plus two is four. Teach them how to read. Teach them proper punctuation and proper grammar and proper pronouns. And then I'd be happy. Just stop teaching them all of this nonsense and teach them that, life needs to be good, and that goodness is grounded in the gospel, and that you're never going to be safe. Therefore, get out into the arena and fight. You know, can you imagine if uh, all the heroes of the faith, Dr. Everett Piper, it's David James along with Dr. Everett Piper, we're talking to here on Live from Los Angeles here at 349, uh, reading part and parcel of his uh, opinion piece he worked in the Washington Times. Can you imagine if uh, David or... You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Daniel, or Ruth and Naomi, or the disciples, or Paul and Silas, they were safe and didn't go, okay, God, I'm, I'm diving into what you'd have, <laughs> have for my life. We wouldn't have the heroes of the faith that we have. Absolutely. And this is a little bit of a sidebar, but I think it ties into this particular trend or thread that we're talking about right now. You know, if I hear somebody cite Romans 13.1 one more time and say that we're supposed to bow in subservience to a government that's hell-bent on stealing every ounce of our freedom, I'm going to scream, that's not what the Bible says. That's not what Romans 13.1 says. It says you're supposed to obey the government that God has put over you sovereignly. Well, the government of first-century Rome is different, isn't it? than the government of, let's say, uh, the United Kingdom, or Canada, or Syria, or Japan, or South Korea. All of these nations have governments that God has put over them, and all of those governments are defined differently. So shouldn't the American Church ask an obvious question? What's the definition of the American government that God has sovereignly put over us? Well, the answer is very clear. We the people. We're the government. The government is not Washington, D.C. It's not a bunch of oligarchs. It's not Nancy Pelosi. It's not Joe Biden. It's not Donald Trump. We, the people, are the government in the United States. We need to read our Bibles, my goodness. Uh, Start by reading the Bible in context, and that might solve a little bit of the problem that we're dealing with today. You know, in the final few moments we've got together, uh, Dr. Piper, you are in, uh, well, you were university president for 17 years at at Oklahoma Wesley University. And so with all of us with, with children, maybe we have some on the cusp of adulthood. Uh, how would you challenge us as parents to um, give our children the tools in the toolbox? Of course, reading the Word of God, studying it, knowing it. But what are your thoughts on, on empowering parents to take ownership of, of, of their kids and what, we're learning, what they're learning in school and, and challenge them to live for Jesus every moment of their life? Uh, you need to assume they're being taught garbage and that, they're, and that your schools are guilty in trying to indoctrinate your kids into this nihilistic worldview, because that's just a fact they are. And I would tell every parent listening right now, send your kids to Worldview Academy. Go Google it, Worldview Academy. Send your kids there while they're in high school. And then when they're graduating from high school, send them to Summit Ministries. Both of these are apologetics boot camps, and your kids need it. They need it to prepare for college. And then last bit of advice, don't send your kids off to these hedonistic institutions that embrace BLM, critical race theory, social justice warriors, and the LGBTQ rainbow nonsense. Keep your kids out of those institutions and send them to schools that have the spying and the courage to fight against those things rather than just go with the flow. 
Dr. Everett Piper, give us the uh, websites again, worldviewacademywhat.org? Uh, Worldview Academy, I'm not sure the website, just Google it, you'll find it. Worldview Academy, it's a one-week boot camp for high school kids, and then Summit Ministries is a two-week boot camp for freshmen in college. Great. Worldview Academy and Summit Ministries. Dr. Piper, thank you for joining us, and uh, keep fighting the good fight, and thank you for encouraging us to have courage in, in this uh, world that we find ourselves. We're, not, we're, we're, of, we're, we're in the world, but not of it, Dr. Piper. Thank you for reminding us of that. Blessings, and thanks for having me on. Thank you, Dr. Everett Piper. All right, this is Southern California Live. It's David James, and phone number here, your thoughts, 888-52-TALKS, 888 2557, 888-528-2557. You can also go to 888-52-TALKS and uh, kkla.com. It's interesting that Dr. Piper brought up uh, you know, critical race theory and all that because D- Pastor Rob McCoy was talking about that yesterday with the congressman, and he brings that up yet again today. I've got a couple of articles here in front of me that are talking about Focus on the Family has an incredible piece. Let me get that here real quick. When you know, I put everything, Wilbur, I put everything behind me here. Yeah, Focus on the Family has an incredible, has an incredible article on uh, critical race theory. It's called Help Your Kids Discuss Critical Race Theory Through a Christian Worldview. And uh, maybe if we've got time in the next hour, we'll dive into that and I'll, I'll uh, parse this out. But it's an incredible, incredible piece from Focus on the Family. It's called Help Your Kids Discuss Critical Race Theory Through a Christian Worldview. Let's know what's happening, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to know and just say, okay, God, getting into your word for your wisdom, I want that dispensed in my life and try to dispense that to my children and to, uh, to, my, to our spouses. Southern California Live, it's 99.5 KKLA. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com